Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for November 16th. 2016. Today's topic is accountability in the contact center and tips on making it real. And as always, I'd like to invite you to be a part of the show and ask questions. The best way to do it is to email me. You can do that at brian at benchmarkportal.com. That's spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com. Of course, all of our shows, and there's many, many seasons and topics to choose from, are all archived and available to listen to whenever is good for you on our website. Find that at benchmarkportal.com and find Call Talk Archive, and they're all yours for the taking. Of course, let's jump in today's show, and it's my pleasure then to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Well, we hear lots of talk about employee engagement, and that's been a theme that we've dealt with a number of times on Call Talk. It's been a very popular theme, and we also talk a lot about inclusion and decision-making and those sorts of things for the call center. But what about accountability? What about accountability for our employees, and what about accountabilities for us as managers? Well, these are important topics, too, because we not only have to include people and uh, engage them, et cetera, we also have to, at the end of the day, hold them and ourselves accountable for the things that need to happen in the call center. And that's why we wanted to talk more about it today here on Call Talk, and we brought in someone with years of call center experience to share on this topic, Debbie Frazier, Senior Consultant with Benchmark Portal. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thanks for having me, Bruce. I'm excited to be here and really discuss a topic that I feel is important not only in our professional, but something we can apply to our personal lives as well. Absolutely. Good point. Very good point. Well, by way of introduction, Debbie Frazier is a senior consultant with Benchmark Portal. She has over three decades of experience in customer service, managing in-house agents, and most recently, a vendor relations manager for outsourced contact center operations, both in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. Her previous responsibilities included recruiting, hiring, quality assurance, workforce management, customer relations, and process improvements. So she has a lot to offer on many call center topics, but she's chosen to focus on this important area, accountability. And uh, so, Debbie, let's start with a real basic question. You know, what is accountability really anyway? And, uh, you know, I can remember growing up, I used to think, well, accountability is what my sister should have done (laughs) before dinner or uh, what my cousin was supposed to get done. And uh, I think uh, you've also mentioned that it's uh, sort of don't postpone something that your coworker can get done today. (laughs) So that's that's, uh, how sometimes we think about accountability, which is accountability for others. Uh, As managers, we have to be thinking about that. But Tell us what your thinking is with regard to what is accountability, really. Yeah, and as you mentioned, um, Bruce, I think it's something we can use in our professional and personal lives. It's defined in a lot of different ways. Um, There's a couple of different ones. One defines it as the obligation of an individual or organization to account for its activities, accept responsibility, and disclose the results in a transparent manner. A little Mm -hmm. less formal simplified version would be if you take responsibility for your own actions, you show accountability, basically stepping up and admitting when you break something shows accountability, such as you mentioned as far as with your brother or sister. Obviously, that doesn't always happen between um, siblings. 
Um, and then another one is really as um, defines it as responsible for and having to explain your actions. A lot of people think that it's a negative thing, which we'll get into a little bit later, but accountability should not really ever be defined as a punitive response to something that has gone wrong. Um, and in looking yeah. at the professional environment, do you find that your associates really just work for you or do they work with you um, is one thing that I'd like to talk about today. Yeah, no, that's a really important one uh, because that sort of brings together the accountability and the uh, sort of uh, engagement part. Uh, and bringing those two together is extremely important. So, yeah, please tell us about that. Well, I think what we have to do as far as um, everyone wants to include the associates in what we're managing to basically make sure they're on board. So including them in decisions um, that impact the role they play in the organization actually should make them accountable. Um, and usually accountability is going to lead to results. So really there are many steps to accountability. A um, couple of those are, first of all, I think they need to reach out to others asking for feedback and being open to um, discuss the feedback they also need to make sure the work aligns with the key results that the company expects. So things have to be laid out in a manner that everyone understands, obviously. Um, and they continually need to be asking, what else can we do? Um, and then most of all, you have to be ready to take responsibilities they need to of their actions, obviously, as mm -hmm. well as the managers, as we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. So actually, there's just two pieces I'd like to pull out of that. One is that accountability leads to results, and it reminds me of that phrase: uh, you need to measure what you manage, and you need to follow up with what you manage in order to actually get results from those things. So, uh, very, very key thing there. And naturally, uh, being accountable means being accountable for something that's laid out ahead of time, right? It's not just mm -hmm. being a responsible person in general. And so that means that there's a you know a, a premium on the, on making sure that people do understand what it is that they're expected to do, as you mentioned. So the policies that the company has and communicates, because these things have to be communicated. You can't just sort of have them uh, in your head because you've been around for ten years, and the new new person has to actually know or be communicated what the policies are. Uh, training is a great way to bring across these things. Uh, coaching sessions, uh, written performance improvement plans. I'm sure that you know those are things that you've seen uh, be very important with regard to uh, helping with accountability. I mean, I, I tend to I have a, a finance background, and I think about accountability in terms of the root, you know, account, and therefore accounting. <laughs> and I know that. Yep. Left brain, right brain, people in the call center don't always want to think that way. But really, uh, you know, in accounting, there's debits and credits. So there's situations where you need to take a number from here and put it there. Well, if you set out, in, in a, a somewhat poor analogy, but I'll make it anyway, um, if you set out the things that people are supposed to be accountable for and then you're able to check them off verbally or uh, in writing, I think that's an important thing in terms of accounting for the actions of others, accounting for their, uh, their, their, the things that they're doing in the call center. So I'd uh, love to hear you talk about that and, you know, how should we as managers create a context 
for accountability where people know what they're supposed to do uh, or are at least told what they're supposed to do ahead of time. Yeah, and I think you touched on it really in a, a few of the um, different things that you had mentioned. I know in managing folks over the years, you know, the one thing that was important is obviously documentation, um, you know, very similar to a performance plan. You actually need to make sure it's spelled out specifically as far as what is expected so they really know what they're accountable for. And I think it's really important that you make it as specific as possible um, as well as making sure you check their understanding of what you've just explained to them, gone over with them, just to make sure you're on the same page. Um, and as you said, you know, the accounting example was great, and a lot of the dictionaries very much define it that way in looking up accountability. So I think, you know, the main thing as far as with managers creating a context is definitely going to be not just the documentation, but checking the understanding and make sure it's specifically lined out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in fact, I'd like to just ask our listeners to take a moment for a gut check. Um, do you do that well in your call center? Do you do that well in your management style? Do you do that well in your day-to-day management of people? So think about that. Are you good at uh, you know communicating and uh, setting up the context for accountability? Because if you're not getting it, uh, you're not getting the accountability you want, and it's very possible that you're listening to this show uh, specifically because of that, then, you know, think about what you could be doing that Debbie's uh, talking about that could could help you out to uh, get better results uh, through better performance on your part as well. So, well, well, Debbie, what are some important actions to follow when involving associates in this process? Well, I think there's a few things that we have to definitely do when they're involved. Um, First of all, obviously, you want to make sure you have a strong commitment from them and they, you know, want to be included, especially if it's a special project or something like that that they're working on. Um, Definitely need to be open and candid in conversations and asking for feedback. Have to be willing to listen um, and really listen even when it's not the easiest thing to do to see the reality of the situation some risk-taking in there, but really it goes back to obviously making sure that um, everything that you're relaying to them is that open and honest and candid um, feedback that you're giving them. Right. Right. And, you know, uh, sometimes uh, we aren't trained on how to do that either, Um, and we should look for training in how do you talk to people uh, as a manager, as a supervisor, uh, to give them that honest feedback, because if we feel uncomfortable with it, then uh, we're probably not going to do it well. Uh, and they can be uncomfortable situations, but uh, as you know, Debbie, with your experience, after you've done it 10 or 20 times, it gets easier, doesn't it? Yes, it does, for some people. <laughs> for not for everyone. People. Not for everyone, that's true. But uh, certainly uh, practice makes better, even if it doesn't make perfect. So, exactly. Um, yeah. So as, as we all know, the, the, the contact center environment is always pretty busy. So what are ways in which we can get associates involved in decision-making uh, and be held accountable? And what are some of the challenges in doing that, Debbie? Well, I think, as we all know, as far as being in the call center environment, um, you know, it's definitely answering 
the phone is obviously always the most important thing. So I think what we need to do to make sure that they understand it is important to us that they participate is really establish an ongoing time or day, whether that be weekly, monthly, that allows that particular associate to be off the phone to work with management. Um, Obviously, it's important in the call center to keep scheduled meetings to make sure they understand you have a vested interest in their feedback. So I think a lot of it is making sure that you're not constantly saying, oh, you know, we can't pull you right now, it's too busy, or we don't have time for that. I think once you've made that um, commitment, you just need to really stick with it. And we all know in a call center environment, that can be difficult at times. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, you know, how can our listeners, uh, just to make it as real as possible for them, as managers and supervisors, also recognize the lack of accountability in associates? In other words, uh, how do they approach that? How should they think about that? Well, and I think, again, this is something that goes back to what I said earlier around not just professional but personal lives as well. I think, you know, a focus on them saying what they can't do rather than what can be done is obviously a first clue that something's not going right. Um, Placing blame on others, which we've all seen before, making up excuses like they didn't understand the process, it's too complicated. Um, As soon as you start kind of hearing the negativity approach rather than this is what we can do, you know, that's kind of a red flag that um, that accountability is not there by the associates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I guess, too, uh, the, the finger pointing uh, and the blame game tends to go down if the associate feels that the supervisor, the manager is trying to help their success, right? And so yeah. if we can, yeah, so if we can sort of communicate that, even as we are holding people accountable, and saying, for instance, well, uh, you know, just to put it in simple terms, you, you stumbled on this. Uh, you did not live up to expectations or, uh, on that. Uh, but, you know, here's some things that we think we can do to help you out with it. Are you willing to get on board with us uh, and, and take your responsibility for uh, getting better at something you need to get better on in order to stay here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, what can you as a, um, or all of us as managers, supervisors, project to the associates uh, or the, the agents to, to, take the, to make sure that they take you seriously and, and hold you accountable? Well, this is something I think that all of us have heard before, but doing the things I say I'll do is definitely um, the key component here. I think, you know, it's one that we all have the best intentions of following, but we all know it's easy to get sidetracked, either forget or don't really have the time to complete and follow through. So in order, you know, to build an environment of trust, that's a must. I think we've all heard or used the quote leading by example. So whether you realize it or not, whether it's positive or negative, you are influencing those around you. So as a manager or supervisor, you have to make sure that you're accountable to what you've promised or told them as well. Hmm. Yeah, I remember a a colleague uh, saying to me, leadership means never having an off day. Uh, That is an incredibly high barrier. It's never incredibly high, uh, uh, you know, 
level of responsibility, and it's almost impossible to never have an off day. But uh, we have to kind of we, – we don't want any of the people who report to us to have off days, and so we have to do our best also not to have off days and to be responsible, as you say, and to – uh, live up to the commitments that we take, and that may mean uh, limiting some of the commitments that we take so that we can, um, you know, live up to them, and making sure that the commitments we expect other people to take on are are doable. They should be stretches, right? There's nothing that should be easy about them. They should definitely be right. stretches, but they should be doable. Um, well, let me ask you this, Debbie. If you, you picture yourself in a team meeting, and let's say there are a dozen people seated around the table, and someone says, okay, great, I'm going to hold you accountable for what we've discussed here today. Uh, do most managers immediately feel defensive in that kind of a situation? Should they? Um, you know, after you've panicked and calmed down and I think determined, <laughs> oh, did I really hear everything? That's the big, yeah, that definitely. I should have taken some more notes, right? Could, yeah, or uh, maybe they should have told you that up front. Um, so accountability really shows up when something goes wrong and people start to blame, blame on others. So it kind of poses a threat and brings out negative feelings in a lot of situations, which is, is too bad. That's not what it is meant for. But, you know, given the question you asked and the situation, I think we would see a lot of folks, reacting, especially, as you said, if notes weren't taken or, you know, maybe they were off on another thought, possibly. Um, so, it, unfortunately, it does, you know, when you use that word, some folks do come up with a kind of a negative connotation about it, which mm-hmm. is too bad. So, so we need to be a little careful about how we phrase these things. And also, the setup is, is important. Um, so, if we know that it's going to be an accountability issue that's coming out at the end, uh, set up for that. Don't spring it as a surprise at the end. Um, if we're going into a coaching session, uh, you know, have the person say, you know, you might want to take some notes on this because uh, there's some really juicy issues we're going to get into, and it's, it's going to make you a better agent, and uh, it's going to make us work better together. Uh, so if you set things up that way, hey, you know what, uh, there's some issues we got to talk about here, but at the end of the day, you're going to be happy for, you know, what you hear and the changes that are going to be made in your performance, and uh, and I'm going to be here to, to help you out, then, you know, that feels a lot different than, okay, this is it, now you're accountable for it. <laughs> That's yeah, it. I think it's all on how you place it, and yeah. the verbiage that you use, and the words, and the actions that you show. Uh, very much so. Uh, okay, well, these are all uh, great, great inputs. Um, do you have some before we head over to the question uh, to the questions that uh, I know Brian already has uh, from some listeners? Uh, are there some last thoughts that you'd like to share with us with regard to this whole area of uh, accountability in the call center? Yeah, and um, you know, again, I think this this really happens in in call centers and a, a lot of other organizations. I think the secret um, that successful organizations have discovered is that to install accountability needs to be upfront of interactions before the outcome is known, basically. Um, and I don't think we often think about that, but successful organizations place that accountability into their strategy. So just mm-hmm. like we talked about in the meeting, when you define it upfront, accountability breeds better relationships, eliminates surprises, as we just talked about as well, 
and really greatly improves job satisfaction and performance. So really, I think when we think about it, in reality, winning begins with accountability. Um, you really cannot sustain success, at least in my mind, without accountability. It's, it's an absolute requirement. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, and I'm thinking, too, that in peeling the onion on things that people are responsible for, there are uh, things that have to do with uh, their skills. So skills are things that have to do with how they communicate verbally, if they're in an email uh, or texting situation for the contact center, uh, their writing skills, uh, their policy and their knowledge. And that's those things are separate sometimes from their attitude and behavior, right? And yes, those definitely. in turn can be separate from their results. And sometimes there's people who we say, you know, they've got really good uh, attitude, right? Their behavior is great. But uh, they're terrible writers. What do I do about that? You know, and you have to give them the input, the uh, training, et cetera, to help them be a success on that. And you have to somehow make sure that because you're, you know, calling them out in a sense, not calling them out, but you're mm-hmm. you're uh, giving them uh, advice with regard to their terrible writing skills. It doesn't mean that you appreciate their uh, attitude and their behavior less. Um, not always easy things to do. You need to think about that as a manager, how you're going to sort of peel that onion in a way that uh, ultimately comes out with the best results for you in the call center. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Completely agree with that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it definitely. Um, And I think you go back to a good point there with mentioning training. You can't hold someone accountable for something they don't know how to do. And I think a lot of times, you know, we jump in, our managers or supervisors jump in and have that expectation when we need to take a few steps back and think, oh, maybe we need to ask first, do they really understand this process? Do they have mm-hmm. questions? Do they need additional training? So that's an excellent point. Right. Okay. Well, good. You know, we have covered a lot of ground here, Debbie. This has been uh, fabulous. But I know that uh, Brian has some questions for you here, so I'd like to hand it over to Brian, and uh, we'll take the questions. Great. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, so Debbie, you got a couple questions coming in, and I had one of my own that I think blends into uh, the first one that I was going to give out. And what I'm hearing and noticing, and, and I've seen at contact centers too, is that uh, depending on their size, that can really create different challenges, uh, as well as every individual has different strengths. And so accountability, I'm guessing, would look different depending on the individual. Uh, so my first question is, uh, what does, does everything have to be written down or, you know, uh, if we just talk about something, can you hold someone accountable if it was just mentioned? Because a lot of times you can miss it. What do you suggest as the actual physical route of defining what needs to be held accountable and, and that kind of communication path? And then, and then beyond that, the question Amy has is uh, working for large and small organizations, can you comment on how the accountability can feel different in those different sized contact centers? Yeah, I think with going to your first question, Brian, that, um, you know, I I definitely think it needs to be documented. Um, I think anything that we're going to hold someone accountable for, just as we do in a performance plan, really needs to be documented to where it's clear, understandable, there's a definition, a goal around it. But taking it a step further, you definitely need to have that communication, as we talked about a little bit earlier, and making sure that they're specifically understanding 
what they're accountable for. And a lot of that definitely is a two-way communication. You have to make sure that they're basically repeating that back to you, especially if you have any question or doubt in your mind that maybe, you know, they have that fuzzy look of, oh, I'm not really sure they're following me. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. documentation is a big piece, I think, for future follow-up, but as well as that check your understanding is huge. Mm. Um, Yeah, if I could... If I could just add in, I, I agree with that entirely because uh, there's times in which, you, as a manager, uh, knowing what's going on in your head and, and seeing what's on the paper, if it's written down, then, then you know exactly uh, what it is that you expect. But they may not understand what it is. So it needs to be both the written and the uh, verbal communication that makes sure that the understanding is there, uh, just as that oftentimes happens with contracts, treaties, all kinds of other things. It uh, happens with this sort of thing as well. Definitely. Yeah, and getting back to Amy's question um, about having worked for large and small organizations and, and, you know, how that would feel different, it shouldn't feel a lot different. I think the only thing that really would stand out is it's a lot more visible in a smaller organization. Um, yeah. And you may have some more Difficulty. It could go either way. It could be a little bit more difficult to have folks involved because of that minimal staffing that you have, or if you have time outside of when they're taking calls, it could be a little bit easier for, you know, more of them to be involved. So it depends on, I think, how you look at it. Um, you know, they definitely, as far as following the process, it should be the same, um, but there can be pluses and minuses, I think, on both. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, uh, John just wrote in, and the uh, second question is, uh, I feel I know how to hold my direct reports accountable. It's my supervisors I have problems with. Naturally, I don't have the same leverage. Uh, so any suggestions? Um, actually, I do. The, you know, the one thing that I think as far as with supervisors, as opposed to some of the direct reports, is they're, they're very, very busy. Um, And I think a lot of the things go back to what we had really talked about just, you know, with the associates as well. But as far as with supervisors, I think that same thing applies around the documentation and the follow-through. It's really no different for them than for the direct reports. They should be given the same amount of attention to what is expected of them and documentation just to make sure that, you know, it's really handled the same way. I think at the same time, keeping in mind they are, you know, at a different level, your expectations obviously with what they're accountable for is a little bit at a higher level. Um, And, again, I think, you know, a lot of times it's as we kind of went back to being in that meeting, it's kind of preparing them, you know, up front and making sure they're, they're always, checking the understanding, just to make sure that they have that, you know, mm-hmm. the same as, as with the direct reports. And, you know, I think sometimes, too, uh, we're in situations where we think we've got our situation pretty much under control. It's the people we report to, our superiors, who can drive us <laughs> crazy because they don't take responsibility. And how do I, uh, you know, help them to understand they need to be accountable as well. It's trickier. There's no doubt about it. It's a trickier type of thing. But, uh, it is, and definitely you know. I think one of the things that I've done in the past, just to make sure, even if you're just having a meeting with your superior, 
um, especially if you know, you know, or even know their type of personality, is to send a plan or a list of questions ahead of time. And the same with accountability. I think if you're sending that to them, this is what, you know, my plan is, documenting, mm-hmm. laying it out, so when you meet with them, you can refer back to something. Excellent. That's an excellent idea. Thank you. Yep. Back to Brian. Great. Got one more. Uh, Kathy just wrote in. Um, all right, Debbie, this is a uh, solution here. We're looking for a solution on a troubled uh, situation. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy wrote in, I notice situations where a popular but less responsible employee is hard to hold accountable because colleagues coalesce around him even if his performance is not good. Uh-oh. So how can Kathy handle that? Well, I think, first of all, obviously is recognizing that is is huge. Um, then really, I think sooner or later, coworkers are going to realize that you may not be holding them to the same standards or accountability. And that can bring up really some, you know, resentment and jealousy. So, you know, even though they're they're a popular, responsible employee, you know, it's really a matter of making sure that you are following the same process with them as you are with anyone else because of, of that fact. I think it can lead to real dissension within the team or teams if you're looking at them or holding them accountable at different levels than what you do with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, I, I agree with that. And uh, there are those situations where you have sort of the charismatic person who is uh, comes in and uh, really just sort of has everybody in the palm of his or her hand because of their personality, the force of their personality, but their uh, accountability <laughs> isn't as good as their personality. And uh, you just have to handle that, I think, the way that, that Debbie indicated, because eventually uh, people catch on. And uh, what's what's a good thing to do is to try to nip that in the bud. If you can sort of help that person to um, understand that they need to be more accountable before it becomes a problem, then you can have somebody who's both popular and productive. And those are two Ps that go well together <laughs> if, uh, if you manage that properly. So, yeah, I'd agree. Good. Well, you know, I think we're at the end of our hour here, or half hour rather, and uh, so it's probably time to wrap up. And uh, I'd just like to thank Debbie very much for her insights. Uh, It's been a great uh, episode of of Call Talk. And uh, Debbie, is there anything final that you'd like to say before we hand it over to Brian for the wrap? Um, No, I really, you know, I, I just love talking about this particular topic, as I said, just because we can use it in so many different things in our our lives. So thank you so much for having me today and, um, you know, letting me express some of my information um, around what I felt accountability is really about. Yeah, no, I know that uh, clients have really appreciated your inputs on this and many other uh, contact center topics. So thank you very much for joining us. And with that, I'll turn things over to Brian. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. Appreciate all the good information. And Debbie, also uh, on the side where you said that you would distribute this show to 100 of your personal favorites and friends, I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And, um, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I learned. There is our handshake. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. 
<laughs> you bet I did. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And, of course, I want to remind you, if you enjoyed the show, uh, we have a lot more in our archive of uh, shows going back uh, over five seasons now. A lot of different topics, and they're all about 30 minutes long, so easy to either download or listen to uh, at your computer while you're multitasking. So uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and uh, from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Have a great day. That's a wrap. Take care.